Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and melting snowmen who are victims of climate change this winter. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and you know what that means? It's Tea with BVP. Hey, everybody out there. I'm your host, BVP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, the diva, the big diva of SLA. I think he needs a New Year's resolution. Oh, yeah, that no would be No longer Well, I guess I don't have to introduce diva. you now. I just chimed in. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, it's better that than calling myself the queen of everything, which, is, you know, would be probably more accurate drama queen. queen of the universe <laughs> so as you all can tell out there my partners in crime are with me walter and angelica say hi walter and angelica hi walter hi angelica oh my gosh hi everybody it's else it's starting already it's starting already <laughs> <laughs> it's but we it's 2016 we need we need we need new shtick we need new stuff for our audience it's 2000 can you believe it's 2016 that's Crazy. right that's why we need to get rid of diva of sla <laughs> i remember <laughs> I have to tell you, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a little, little kid, um, I won't tell you how old I am, but I was a little kid wondering, thinking, calculating my head, how old am I going to be in the year 2000, right? Because that seems so mm. far away, and that's mm -hmm. like a whole millennium change, right? Hell, now here we are in 2016. We're so far beyond 2000s. like, oh, gosh. So, Angelica, did yes. you make New Year's resolutions? No. You did not? Nope. You don't need to? Or you just don't want to? Or you don't like that concept? Or what? Well, I mean, I never, I never stick with them anyway. So who are we kidding? Oh, you know, well. it's not, it's not worth it. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, a lot of people like that. We, I, I'm gonna read you all something from somebody we got some mail about a New Year's resolution in a minute. It's kind of cool. Walter, how about you? What's your New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever made a New Year's resolution. I just never. Maybe my, I just don't really think that way. I, I just never think of anything. What should I do? What should I do this year? What should I resolve Be to do in 2000? Be nicer to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wait. That was really laughable. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I didn't laugh at that, did I? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I think that's a great resolution Stop for you, Bill. A, Stop giving me a hard time. <laughs> we need to eat less sugar. That's what NPR is telling us, right? Uh, well, yeah, I saw that. I don't, the, country, I don't listen to NPR. I don't listen to NPR anymore. I don't listen to NPR anymore. I just don't. What? I know. I'm, I'm oh. a I'm a big progressive radio fan. I always have my car radio on progressive radio, and at home hmm. I listen to progressive radio. Well, Bill, I, what about you and resolutions? Well, I actually did make a resolution. You want to know what it is? Yeah. Now a lot of people out there are not going to believe this in the audience, but I'm what you call a classic extrovert introvert. I can do shows like this. I can talk in front of a thousand people. I can do stand-up comedy because I'm extrovert. But I am incredibly shy about meeting people. I'm terrible at cocktail parties. I'm terrible when I, I haven't had a date and I can't tell you how many years because I just, I'm petrified of meeting people. So I have made a New Year's resolution to randomly meet one new person a week. I like it. So I'm going to walk up to people and go, hi, my name is Bill. My resolution is to meet one new people uh, a week <laughs> this year. So who are you? Chat for like five or 10 minutes and then move on and see what happens. You know, I might meet someone nice. You never know. Cool. I like meet it. Meet new friends. You never know what you're going to find. Well, that's, that's interesting because uh, I just, I think you know lots of people. I mean, every time I go no anywhere kidding, with right? you, you, you know, can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bill knows we're, everybody. We were out for dinner last night and some guy comes up and he's like, Hey, haven't seen you in a long time. And <laughs> yeah, well, but those <laughs> are people you know Bill, from right? restaurants, from businesses. That, yeah. That's different. You become a regular and you know those people, right? Yeah. You have to interact with those people. But yeah, but so I, I need a social life. So I'm, I'm I don't just, go out enough, I guess. To, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you've got a family and young kids. You, yeah. you need to stay home and, 
and not beat your kids and be a good dad. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> no, Bill. Walter is the best dad in the world. He well, really is. I don't think, Indeed. I don't know about that. Well, you are. I've seen you with your kids. You're good. You're well, good. Bill, maybe another resolution can be to tell us and our audience what your favorite tea flavor is. Okay. we're gonna. I will tell you, at 3.55 today, before the show ends, <gasps> if I haven't said, if nobody's guessed today, then I will tell everybody okay. what my favorite tea is. Excellent. Angelica has just been waiting on pins and needles oh, over man, there for, for the weeks. last I, several I, weeks. I, yeah, I have been unable to yeah. sleep. I mean, because you know, you know, I go to London like twice a year because I'm I'm affiliated with the University of Greenwich now, and so I have this stick, this little deal I got to go do like for a week every every semester, and one of my favorite things to do for London, I have to go at least once and do high tea. I mean, I do the mm. full high tea for like two and a half hours, nice. like I'm at the I'm like a Buckingham Palace doing high tea, right? <laughs> and uh, and I always get the same kind of tea every time because and that's I, your favorite one. It's my favorite kind of tea. Is no. it only available in London? No, oh, okay. it's worldwide tea. Monkey worldwide tea? tea? No, get monkey tea. Um, are you now, drinking tea, Angelica? I am. What are indeed. you drinking? Um. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's le- I think it's tea laced with bourbon or something by oh. the look on her face. <laughs> I wish. No, it's I a would white. Ask. It's a white tea. It looks red in there. It, no, because it has some berry in it. It's oh, delicious. <laughs> it has a soft floral finish. A soft Whatever lo- that means. <laughs> this is like that, that movie about the wine. What was that movie called? Sideways? Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Sideshow yeah. or whatever. Sideways, yeah. Yeah, this is sideways with tea here. So <laughs> tell us about the aroma, the bouquet of your tea. and Does it have earthy tones in it somewhere? And how does it hit your palate and all yeah, that kind of right. stuff? <laughs> oh, my. All right. It's, uh, getting back to New Year's resolutions, though, we got an email from someone, or I got an email from someone. Um, some of you may know her. She called in once, Leanne, who we all know. Um, and she says, uh, I was thinking that perhaps for your show this Thursday, because I got the email a couple of days ago, uh, for your show this Thursday, you should discuss New Year's resolutions for language teachers. Ooh. And what Leanne suggests is the following. Instead of vowing to drop 10 pounds in 2016, people can try to drop 10 minutes. 10 minutes of explicit rule teaching per class. Hmm. I like it. That's an interesting New Year's resolution. Yeah. So that'll be the challenge. We could have like like Weight Watchers. We can have a, a, a explicit rule watchers and you have to call in every week <laughs> <laughs> and log in your minutes you spent doing stuff in class and, and we put you on a little scale and give you a score on it and, you know, and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I think we should do that. Yeah. I think it's kind of a cool idea. We'll have to set up a, uh, something on our website. You, know, you can log in. <laughs> oh no! Don't 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 get me going to the website because Luke is going to get mad at us about the website. <laughs> Luke, Luke, for those of you all don't know, Luke Japoni does all our website and, and media stuff, and he's like, I don't want to mess with the website. Don't mess with the website. Leave it alone. Oh, okay, we'll leave it alone. So don't give him any ideas about the website, Walter. He'll, okay, he'll come after. No you. ideas. He'll come after you with that Italian meat cleaver. Do Italians have meat cleavers? He's probably, probably got must. an uncle. He's probably got an uncle in Sicily. He'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Lucas from Northern Italy, they all have uncles in Sicily somewhere. I swear they all do. Yeah, yeah. Like Sophia and the Golden Girls. Did you all know that Walter's a big Golden Girls fan? <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Walter grew up watching Golden Girls. I don't know that. <laughs> that uh, I, I think the only person I know that is a big Golden Girls fan would be the man sitting to my right. Um, but well, I think there are lots Justin? of them. No. No. <laughs> there are lots of big Golden Girls fans. But he could quote every episode, and, huh. and he says, "Remember that episode?" And I'm like, eh, "No, sorry." <laughs> well, nice. but no, but I yeah, I I used to watch it. Yeah. yeah. But I've, I've, I've always liked Sophie and her Sicily stories. So that's what yes. that Sicily. talking about picture. talking about Luca and yeah, picture this Sicily, nineteen twenty three, a young <laughs> peasant girl with olive clear skin. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, our topic today, gang out there in the audience who's listening, who are listening, uh, is a hot topic. I hope you like this topic. I hope you're already with your fingers on the phone, your fingers on the keyboards, whatever, is are there such things as rules? And by rules, we're talking about grammar rules. Uh, and if they're not, and I'm going to argue in a minute that they're not, um, then what the heck are learners acquiring? Um, so if you want to get in on this conversation, make sure you call us at 517-884-4321. Again, that's 517-884-4321. Our able-bodied muscle man, Dustin, is at the phone, just waiting, twitching for you to call. So he's, he's there just looking at that little digital screen, seeing if you call in. So don't make him lonely. Um, give him a call. You can also tweet us at TWithBVP or even email us during the show at TWithBVP at gmail.com. But again, as we like to say, nothing says we love you like calling in with a live voice. That's what this show is about, you calling in and interacting with us. And if you want to disagree with us about anything, you should call in and disagree with us, too. Don't just call in and ask a question. Um, so or agree with us. That's okay, too. You agree with us, too. You, <laughs> call us. you know, and you don't have to call in. You know, maybe you need a fashion tip. Maybe you need a house decorating tip. We'll do those. We'll handle whatever you want to talk about. We don't care. Um, we we'll don't do dating service. We have to draw the line at some things. We don't do dating services, but, but we, we will do other <laughs> things if you want. So get your fingers off those tweeting keys and onto the phone pad and dial us at 517 does anyone have a rotary phone anymore? I mean, you know, I saw one in the movie, a movie the other day, and I was wondering how many like twelve-year-olds look at that rotary phone in the movie and go, "Daddy, what's that?" I mean, you know, really think about that. Yeah. Yep. that's like, you know, I remember when I was a kid and they introduced the princess push-button telephone. Oh my God, that was like <laughs> the greatest invention. And of course, I wanted one because I wanted a phone with push buttons. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, my finger was getting tired of dialing mm-hmm. the thing, you know, so mm-hmm. that's how old I am. I got, <laughs> but the little curly kid. At least it wasn't, I didn't grow up in those places where, you know, you had to pick up the phone and call the operator and say, <laughs> yeah. hello, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get me Angelica over in uh, Princeton, please? <laughs> it's like an Andy Griffith show or something like that. Anyway, um, so call in for us, please. Uh, don't forget our SLA challenge quiz. Um, we got a nice quiz today. It's not that hard, so don't be intimidated by our quiz. I did divide the questions up this time, so there's a really super easy question, a medium question, and a hard question. Or if you prefer, we can call it the freshman quiz, the, the junior, well, the freshman question, the junior question, and then the senior graduating question. So think of it that way. Some lucky person calling for the S- uh, challenge quiz will get a uh, very nice prize from us. Um, we've got another book again, which I will autograph and send to you, one of my books. Um, we'll tell you what that is later. Um, so um, do that and take the quiz. And, and, and Mikey, I'm sorry, you're banned from the quiz today. So, um, uh, And again, don't remind, remember to call your friends and colleagues and tell them to go to our website and log in and, and, and join our group and all that kind of stuff. Um, so before we get into our topic, um, we have um, some good news for you out there because you all are such wonderful people. Let's give applause for our people out there. Yay! 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 We have we're celebrating today because we're this is only our tenth show today, believe it or not. So we've only been on the air for ten total weeks, even though there's been some lag time because of vacation and so on. Um, but we have superseded expectations. We have. Over, way over a thousand people now following us on our newsletter and so on, on our website. And we broke 10,000 plays on, um, on, the, on the internet. So we've had, we've had 10,000 listens 
to our show overall, which I think that's pretty good, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yep. Other than the fact that, you know, about 9,999 were Bill listening to no. him. So <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you just say that because you, you don't want me to make my joke about Donald Trump being jealous because of how many... How many, call, oh how many listeners we have. Oh, boy. We have more listeners than Donald Trump. No, just <laughs> uh, all right. Um, okay, our topic again today is are there such things as rules, like grammar rules? And if not, what the heck are learners acquiring? Now, let's just make clear what I mean by rules, okay? So I'm not talking about I before E except after C or don't dangle prepositions, you know, those kind of prescriptive rules that we all learn as native language speakers of English, for example. Um, or uh, avoiding ambiguity, that kind of thing. Um, uh, we're talking about uh, grammar rules that if you open your textbook to page 42 that you teach out of, there's gonna be a grammar rule on page 42, let's say. Or you open it to page 98, there's gonna be a grammar rule. So for example, in Spanish, you might open it to page 42, there's gonna be a list of rules about using set and estat in Spanish. Or you open to page 98 in French, and there's a list of rules about using the passé composé uh, or avoir un être with the past, the, the past tense in French, for example. So you get these rules. Um, can you and give us an example, some in German? Why are you putting me on the spot like this? Well, like German, okay, like, <laughs> like German word order, because like in a main clause, the the inf, uh, main clause, inflective verb always goes in second position, in an embedded clause that's preceded by blah, blah, blah. The main verb is at the end of the clause. Okay, so those kind of things. There, Thanks, are you happy? Bill. Are you happy, Walter? Are you happy chills. now? You, you happy, Walter? <laughs> I Any gave other you language? chills. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Okay, or here's one in Japanese. You can. T- I don't. I won't do Japanese. Okay. <laughs> I could give you one in Japanese, but I won't. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start off by saying that in my world, I'm going to say my world, but it's not just my world, but it's the world that I work in. There are no such things as these rules. They don't exist. There are no rules in the traditional sense. Um, that's the position I've taken on theory and research, and I actually written about this. Those of you who are interested, I can recommend. Well, I'll just tell you right now. Uh, Jason Rothman and I wrote a chapter uh, for a book that came out in 2014 that was uh, edited by Alessandro Benatti, um, Cecile Laval, and um, Maria Arch. Um, came out with Bloomsbury. And I think the title of the book is called The Grammar Dimension and Instructed Second Language Acquisition. And Jason and I wrote the, the lead chapter and it was called Against Rules, and rules was in quotes. And the argument is basically that these things that you find in textbooks, the things people tell you how language works, aren't psychologically real. They're descriptive, the same way you say the sky is blue, but that's not a rule, right? Um, the sky is blue for other reasons, right? Um, so the, the, the idea is when you, when you have a list of rules for something I said in a stat, that information on that page is not what winds up in anybody's head, either in your first language or your second language. And it can't for a variety of reasons. Um, so the, the idea is that that stuff that you wind up learning explicitly and practicing um, is, is not what makes part of what we call in linguistics your mental representation. Do you like that word, Walter? Mental representation. Yeah, I mental. Do. It's mental two rep- words, though. It's two words, yeah. <laughs> mental <laughs> And we don't mean mental like the British way, oh, she's gone mental. Well, we don't mean mental like that. We mean mental in the sense it's in your head, right? Um, and mental representation is defined by as a, you know, s- implicit abstract system in your head. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail right now because I don't want to scare people. When people call in or people tweet in or whatever, we can, we can provide examples or talk about this. But the idea is, is, is that these things just don't exist. So the question then becomes, if they don't exist, if they're not real, what is it that, that people are actually getting in their heads? And what do they do, if anything? We've kind of hinted at this in the past. Um, but um, but uh, we haven't really talked about it. So I thought it would be a good topic to start off the new year with um, because it has a 
a lot of profound implications when you think about it, right? Mm -hmm. no, think absolutely. about the fact, if you conceptualize, I'll just say this right now, I'm gonna challenge people out there listening. Um, so you can call in and argue with me, but I'm gonna say that most people working in language teaching do not have an operational or working definition of language. Hmm. And they are language teachers. Um, and that's an important thing. A and it's because we don't have operational or working definitions of language, we think that what's in the textbook is what winds up in your head, or we believe these things do something. Um, so um, call in and argue with me if you want on that, and we'll provide some examples and get into some detail. But I don't, I don't want to do too much right now because, you know, hey, it's all about you calling in, not just about me. Um, I think we have some questions that have come in in writing. Um, either do we have something from Gmail or Mixler or something before um, we see what Dustin's got on the phones back in the studio there behind the glass wall? Um, we have another suggestion for what your possible tea flavor could be. Okay. The person's afraid to call in. I do not like this. Call <laughs> in and tell me. <laughs> I'm still going to float it past you here. Black currant. Black currant. The answer is no. Uh. Good guess, but it's not black currant. No. Huh. No, no, no. I don't even know enough tea flavors to guess what it would potentially be. I think so. the question, I think I framed it such that people think it's going to be some, you know, like. Peppermint. I, I don't do, let me just say this to you all out there. I do not do flavored coffees or flavored teas. Black tea. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. Milk. English well, breakfast. So anyway. It's delicious. So. Earl Grey. <laughs> so no black current. No black current. No black current. Okay. So what do we have what do we have on the emails or the Twitter sphere or these places that people are? All our listeners are shy today. What I is know. this? Guys, you have to call us. I think we got somebody I see that screen lighting up and going blank, Ooh. but it's 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 gone blank again. So um yeah, so let's just look at, yeah. oh, we do have something. We've got somebody calling in, oh my gosh, from Alaska. Um, do we have Michelle on the phone from somewhere in Alaska, Dustin? I think we are trying to, we're having a little technical difficulty between Dustin and Daniel. It's so fun to watch them behind that glass thing. It's like, it's like, are, there, are, are, you, are you there, Michelle? Yeah, this, this is Matthew. This, this is the student. This is the student. Oh, okay. oh, okay. So this is Matthew. Matthew, you're in your uh, Professor Michelle's class, right? Or your Teacher Michelle's class? Matthew there? Wait a minute. We lost Matthew again. Uh-oh. Must be that five-hour time zone to Alaska or something. <laughs> <There's> like... <laughs> okay, oh, okay, there we go. You're back. Matthew, you're back. Yep. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin, Daniel, don't touch anything. Okay, Matthew, you're back. We lost you there for a second. So, hey, Matthew, you're calling from uh, Anchorage, Alaska, right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a student? Yeah. What grade are you in? Uh, ninth. You're in ninth grade. My gosh. So that makes you a freshman in high school. Is that right? Yep. Can I ask you a quick question before you tell us your, what, a little bit more about yourself and you ask us your question about about what you want to ask us about, is can you tell us, just like in a couple of sentences, what's the best thing about being a freshman in high school? Or what's the worst thing? Uh, Do you want to tell us? What's the best well, thing or what's the I mean, worst like, thing? Like the best thing, I mean, I guess is just, I don't know, like easier to pick classes, I guess. 
Yeah. Not many ups to being a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favorite class? See, well, Russian class, hello. I have a feeling, I have a feeling there's a teacher back there yeah. prodding you, Matthew. <laughs> yep, you're, you're very much right. Okay, so you're, <laughs> you're, you're calling from Michelle's class and you're, you're a, a student of Russian there, right? Yep. Good for you. Can you see Sarah Palin's house from, from where you are? I knew this would come up. Well, as soon as it was Russian, I had to say, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just a bad joke. Okay, Matthew, sorry oh. about that. But go ahead. I'm really glad I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, uh, you just scored 10 points in my book. You can come here to Michigan State and be my student. How's that? Okay, so what's your question, Matthew? What's your comment? What do you, what's on your mind? Oh, did we lose him did again? Did we lose him again? Oh, no. <laughs> This is called, well, this is Verizon. What is this? Sprint? Keep dropping calls right and left. Oh, my gosh. Going against smoke signals. Okay, you're back, Matthew, right? Yep. Okay. Okay, let's try this again. So what's your, what's your comment? What's your question? What do you want to talk about? So, like, what kind of grammar rules can you ignore, like, when you're speaking a different language? You can ignore all of them. <laughs> you mean the ones you're learning? Michelle may not like this. Maybe Michelle would like this. I don't know. Um, but in my in my world, and in, in the theories I work in, you can ignore most grammar rules. And I'll tell you why. Again, what I was saying earlier is that what you see in books and what people tell you how language works is not really how language works. Because language is too complex and too abstract to actually tell you how language works. Um, so it's, it's, let me ask you this, Matthew, um, let me put it this way. Okay. So if I, if I hold a bottle and then I open my hands, the bottle falls to the floor and breaks, right? Yep. Why does the bottle fall to the floor and break? Because when it falls to the floor, like, uh, like it can't support, it can support itself when it like hits it that hard. Well, because so, there's, like, yeah, because that, there's something called gravity, right? Yeah. Now you know what gravity is, right? You've heard of gravity, right? Yeah. Do you know of anybody who can actually tell you what gravity is and how it works, other than Einstein? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I, I, not really. Yeah, because we we have we have some very everyday lay way lay person ways we can talk about gravity. Basically, we describe gravity, but we don't really say what it is or how it how it actually functions, right? And language is like that. We can describe language from an outside perspective, like Russian has case endings, and you must use this case for that kind of noun. In this case, for that. but there's something else going on in people's heads that make case happen to begin with, which is what, is what, which is what makes case exist in Latin, uh, in, in, in Russian. And so that is really what's underlying what's in your head. It, it's not a list of case endings or use this case on this noun, this case on that kind of noun. It's, it's not that at all. It's something completely different. And so the, the problem we have with language is we're always describing it from the outside, um, but those of us who work in linguistics and linguistic theory are try to, try to describe language how language actually is, and it's just much more abstract. It's like gravity. It's much more abstract and complex than what we can explain to people. So my answer to your question is, 
Uh, most rules you can ignore in learning and, and through exposure to language over time, you will get this stuff in your head. Um, and if you don't, well, it wasn't meant to be. How's that for an answer? <laughs> um, so is, 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 am I answering your question? Is that kind of what you wanted to, to ask about those kind of yeah. rules? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, now, now am I getting you in trouble with your teacher? You're going to go back and tell your teacher now that Bill Van Patten said to ignore stuff in class? <laughs> um, no. Yeah? Okay. Do, you think do you think your teacher would agree with what he just said? Mm, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Matthew. I like that. That's great. Okay, well, Matthew, do you have any else, anything else you want to say to us before we say goodbye to you? We appreciate your calling. Mm. Anybody in the class yep. have a guess at my favorite tea? Nobody has nobody guessed my tea from your class wow. there. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else in the class have a question? International tea. Oh, there's another question. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we can take one more. We got time for one more. Go ahead. We love okay. talking to students. Students are great. See it? Those of you out Hi, there in the so listening audience, listening audience, listen to this. We have students calling. This is great. Hi. What's your name? My name is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. You're speaking to Bill Van Patten. How are you doing today? I'm great. Are you a ninth grader as well? Oh, man, we'll never know. We, uh, <laughs> I hope we'll know. Oh, my gosh. It's like days of our lives. Hang <laughs> oh, <laughs> <in> a second. We, <laughs> we got, this is really, this is like, this is like, we got dropped calls. Okay. Oh, there we are. Uh, Rachel, are you back? Yeah. Okay. We don't know what's going on with our phone system today. That keeps dropping calls on us. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's like it's a. Because we're in Alaska. Well, maybe it's an aurora borealis <laughs> coming through or something like that. It's like <laughs> screwing up the phone lines. But anyway, so Rachel, I was asking you, are, are you a ninth grader too, like Matthew? No, I'm a senior. Oh wow. Okay. So what's the best thing about being a senior? <laughs> coming to Michigan uh, State next year, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Um, I would say the best thing would be um, the closeness you feel with your class, with the senior class in the high school. Ah, uh, yeah, because you start as a freshman. Yeah, you start as a freshman. You feel like you know you're in this big world all alone, kind of thing. Um, but then you grow up a little bit more, and you're like, oh, you know, it's not so bad. Okay, well, tell tell Matthew. Turn around and tell Matthew that I hope he just heard what you said. <laughs> hey, Matthew. I said good things. Okay. All right. So, Rachel, what's your question? What's your comment? What do you want to talk about? Um, I, it might be more of a psychological thing than a linguistic thing. We um, do psychology here, I've too. Heard, okay. I've heard that, um, like, the more languages you learn, the easier it becomes to learn those new languages. So I just wanted to know, what is your opinion? Like, why, why is that? Why does the brain suddenly, you know, pick up on so many different rules quicker? Um, it's not clear to me that that is actually the case. Um, th that's, a, that's a common belief. And there's, to my knowledge, no clear research on that that's been published. Uh, it's more anecdotal. Now, there has been research on learning third languages and fourth languages, but from a very linguistic point of view, um, in the sense of, for example, if you learn, let's say you learn your English as your first language, you learn Spanish, your third <laughs> language, is it easier to learn Italian or is it easier to learn Japanese your third language, for example, because you already know Spanish. So, I mean, there's been some research like that. But, but nothing about this general idea that once you know two languages, they're, they're, it's easy to learn other languages. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, because people who get far in a second language are weird. 
There's something about those of us who become advanced and native-like in another language. We're just not part of the normal population. And so we're the ones that can go on and learn a, a third or a fourth language. And so we're already predisposed to learning languages anyway. And so you would tell, sure, it's easy to learn Japanese now that I know French. You know, but They're going to tell you that because French was easy for them for some reason. Who knows? We don't know why that is. But for the vast majority of the population out there, I'm not sure that. I mean, it could be, again, there's no research on this, but I'm not sure that learning a third or fourth language necessarily gets easier. And um, you still got to go through, maybe you have some strategies, maybe that's the psychology you're talking about, maybe you have some, you have better coping skills on your third mm -hmm. language, because when you're learning a second language, is Rus you're learning Russian right now, right? Correct. And so that's your second language, you don't know any other languages other than English and Russian? I, I do some German as well. German was my second, and I'm working on Russian right now. Okay. If, if you were a fluent speaker of German, if you had, had got, I don't know how far you are in German, if you were very good with German, very, very far along with German, um, you probably developed some coping strategies for dealing with language coming at you and, and comprehension skill, all the kind of things that help you cope with being a, a, a learner of a second language. So that when you get to the third language, it seems less daunting because you go, oh, I've been through this before. I know what it's like to cope with ambiguity. I know what it's like to cope with not understanding a word. I know what it's like to, to have to fake, you know, you're, not, you're less intimidated. And so maybe there is that psychological point that makes it seem like a third language is easier because you're just more, you're more daring. So, you know, um, but linguistically, I, I, there's, there's no, again, I'm not, I don't know everything there is in the world to know about language acquisition, um, but I don't, I don't think overall we can say that learning a third or fourth language is easier once you learn a second language. I think people out there would say it depends on that third or fourth language if you want to get into linguistics. Okay. So. That makes a lot of sense. But that's Thank a good you. question. That's a really good question. I think, too, that this is Walter speaking here. Rachel, hi. <laughs> hi. I, I think that once you, if you're learning a language that is similar, then you do kind of you kind of pick up on some of the patterns that are that are similar like if you're learning a m multiple romance languages you might you might catch on to things that are are similar between uh, French and Spanish or Italian or Portuguese or something like that you, you catch on to those things and you you're like oh yeah this is kind of like what we say in French and you're learning Spanish or something so so there is some of that I think that does take place but that's uh, all that's all at the very explicit level though right and, and but so that's what I'm, that's right. what I meant to refer to is that right, right. you know uh, but even even in voc you know learning vocabulary for example you know you, you recognize something and oh yeah this is it, it reminds you of of, of, a, of an experience you've had in the past I, I think at that level again I have to remind everybody out there and, and that I am always referring to when I talk about language acquisition creating that mental representation in your head. And that's different from explicit learning, learning rules, sitting down in the classroom. That's the, the, I'm talking about something different. And so, uh, so I'm going to pull from that perspective always. So my answer to your question, Rachel, is from that perspective. So I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that learning a third or fourth language is necessarily easier. And there actually is a little bit of evidence, now that I think about it, that, that when you learn a third language that's similar to your second language, you get a jump start in the system, but you actually may start soon enough doing things wrong in the third language because you do a f you're, you're internally doing a fake, uh, this is just like the second language, so you, what we call transfer stuff from that second language to the third language, and the stuff that's different, the subtle differences or things that are slightly different, you're gonna keep doing wrong in the third language, as opposed to someone who doesn't have that transfer from yeah. the second language to the third language. So imagine, again, the Spanish speaker learning French. 
and you're learning something like what we call the subjunctive. The subjunctive works quite differently than it does in Spanish. And you could be making all kinds of, of wrong things in French because you're going, ah, it's just like Spanish. So you start using the subjunctive in ways in French that's not there, and vice versa if you're learning French. And, and so as opposed to if you go from Spanish to Japanese, where there's nothing really to transfer. So again, and it depends on what part of the language system you're looking at. So anyway, that, that's, that's, that's the best we can do for you on that question. That's a good question, though. Great. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thanks, does Rachel. Yeah. Does Michelle want to say hi before we hang up? Hi, Walter. Hi, Angelica. Hi. Oh, hi, Michelle. Oh, don't, oh, did she say hi to Bill? Hi again. Yeah, she did. She did. She I, have, I have your picture up on the smart board so that all the kids can see how beautiful you all are. Oh. But it's the picture of Angelica in her fairy princess crown. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting the wrong idea. Is this from, it's from ACFL, right? Yeah. Okay, yes, yes. All right. Yes. Well, yes. thank you for doing all right. that. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Say hi to all your students for us. Hi. Okay. Bye bye. Bye, Michelle. Bye. Bye, bye. Michelle. Thank you. Bye bye. That's great. I love it when students call. I yep. love talking. Students great. are great. They have some of the best questions. I don't know if they get prompted by the teachers or not, but still, it takes a lot for a ninth grader to talk to a stranger yeah, on the absolutely. phone like that. Yep. Let me cool. get some of our students get, from here calling. Give in. Matthew some props there. You mm-hmm. know, give Matthew some yep. props. All right. Um, Okay, it looks like uh, there's something going on in the booth there with the phone, so I don't know what that is. So, uh, <laughs> do we have anything on on uh, mix? Oh my gosh, my ears are hurting. These these earphones. Those of you who are out there don't know. We sit these little earphones on and and uh, in the <laughs> studio, and after a while they begin to hurt my ears. I get like an earache. Maybe it's because of Walter's voice coming through my. Oh, right. poor my, Walter. It's because you're a diva. That's, oh, right. <laughs> That's right. See, see, you're, even you say it. See, even you say it. There you go. Um, uh, do we have any, do we, did we have something on Mixler or we actually yeah I mean okay. we have a great conversation going on on Mixler here, um, but we we also I'm just seeing that we do have a caller ready. Do you want to take the caller first and then we'll get to Mixler in a moment? Why don't we? Um, can you tell Ariana how how long is the question? Oh well, on, on we Mixler. have a very short one. Melanie was okay. Hang on, so I tell Ariana to hold on like one minute and then we'll get to her. Yeah, so Melanie was, and this is part of a whole string um, that's been going on on Mixler here, but she is proposing or asking, would patterns be a better word than rules? So it would be more descriptive than prescriptive. Um, yeah, I don't like patterns either because you don't, there's, you don't even learn patterns. Um, here, here's an example of what I'm talking about. Um, I'll do this as fast as I can because we've got somebody on the phone. But let's look at how yes-no questions are formed. In English, when you make a yes-no question, you, you have to use a do. So, for example, if I want to ask Angelica about tea, I'll say, do you like tea? I have to put a do in there, and I say, do you like tea? That's a pattern. I can't say, I can't say you like tea. I mean, I could, but it sounds weird. And I certainly can't say, like you tea, right? Mm-hmm. But in Spanish... Angelica like tea? Okay. <laughs> or do you, drink, do you drink tea? Drink you tea. I can't say that. But in Spanish, there's no do. And in Spanish, I have to say... Drink you tea? Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say in Spanish. And there's no do. So why does English do one thing and Spanish another? It has to do with this, some underlying abstract things. Because both languages are solving the same problem of how to ask a yes, no question. And so, um, so those aren't patterns. Those are, those, are, those are ways of solving a, a, some abstract underlying system, which, again, that's my little simple example right now. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, they're not rules in the classic sense. OK, so do we have Ariane on the phone still, Dustin? Yes. Okay. Hey, Ariana. How are you? Hi. 
I'm great. Where are you calling from? From Michigan. What part of Michigan? I got my hand, my little thumb, my, my little Michigan thing we do here. So I'm trying to look at my th- Where are you? I am, well, currently I'm in Vassar, but I'm from Saginaw. Saginaw. So, okay, I'm going to point right there then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana knows, those of you who aren't from Michigan out there, not, don't know what the hell I'm doing, I'm sure, but, but I got my hand in front of me. We make the little mitten of Michigan, and we point on it. You know, I, I really freaked somebody out when I showed them that you could do that for South America, too. Oh, my gosh. That would freak me <laughs> out, too. <laughs> so, did you have a good break, Ariana, before we ask you what your question is? Did you have a... I did, uh, probably too good, because I've been um, poorly adjusting to the, the regular sleep schedule since coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, that's life. So what's your question? What's your comment? Um, oh, I, I, I see from somebody you're going to take the challenge quiz, too? I am, but um, awesome. as long as I don't get my degree revoked if I fail. Okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that here. We're very nice people. As Michelle just said earlier, um, she said we're very lovely people, and we're lovely in and out. Not just the external yes. part of us. We're not just beautiful, lovely people on the outside, you know. Um, but we're lovely and beautiful on the inside. So we won't do that too. But I think you have a question or a comment first, don't you? Um, I do. It doesn't matter what we do first. It's up well, to you. you do your comment question first. How's that? Okay. We'll let so, you So um, one of the things, I'm actually going to be teaching a university uh, class starting next week. Um, equivalent of Spanish 2, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm required to teach, you know, chapters such and such in the book, which of course is um, structured around uh, tenses and reflexes and all of the grammar stuff. Um, it's very frustrating for me because it's not my teaching style. It's not used to what um, I was doing, especially after learning about SLA. Um, so my question is uh, for you and for everybody who's listening. What is maybe just one thing, maybe two, that would be feasible to focus on for the semester? Um, Last year when I taught, I I got frustrated towards the middle because I was trying to do everything that I had done before in the high school setting, and uh, that just didn't work out. So I'm just kind of looking. I'm forced to, to teach this curriculum, but I would like to at least try to do it in a way um, that you know, promotes a little bit more language acquisition and they can kind of get that grammar stuff on their own elsewhere. Um, let me ask you this question before before we comment on that. Um, what is evaluation and testing of students like? Um, I, I create that. Oh, so, I you're, can, I can, so you're in charge I can of that? Do, I can teach how I want. It's just I have to make sure that they, that everything that's in those chapters of the book, that they've learned it. Okay, and so, but then how do you verify they learned it? Don't you have to test them on it to see if they've quote-unquote learned it? Yeah, and I, last year I just kind of created, I pieced together um, different, I try to do things from different, uh, you know, reading, writing, and speaking and listening because they they are following um, the actual proficiencies, like they want them to be a novice mid. Um, In Spanish too? Or a novice high, I'm sorry, a novice high. Um, they want them, they're, they're, the proficiency goal is for a novice high. And so I attempt to, to test that way, um, just kind of creating on my own and then pulling. I, I do test the grammar just because, you know, they're requiring me to say, you know, that I taught that to them and that they were exposed to it. Um, but And how many days yeah. a week do you have them for? I only have them for two, um, basically like an hour and a half. Um, and what's really... I, I'm, I'm sh- I, like I have, 
the difficulty I have, like, with the book is that it says something like their their communicative objective, of course, as they call it, um, for one chapter says something like, uh, let me see, students will learn vocabulary related to shopping for groceries, meal preparation, and daily routine. Okay. And then there's no, I mean, and then it just, vocabulary is like a random list of, you know, they have things like, Song and purse and onion and <laughs> yeah, that that, that 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 that's not a communicative goal. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go back to a couple things. You might consider um, your syllabus priority set up, but um, what you might consider is um, doing something that we've done here, which is um, make get rid of explicit testing in your class because that's going to be a long, big waste of time, and and do explicit testing outside of class. So if you want them to see if they've learned something, just give them something outside of class to do and bring back the next day that shows you they, they've learned something, right? And then spend your, spend your class time doing interaction activities and input interaction with them. And then develop can-do statements along the lines of ACTFL, but, but targeted toward topics that you have in your class. And Walter and I can share some of those with you. We've, we just published an uh, article in the CLEAR newsletter. You can actually get a copy of that for free. Are you, are you, do you subscribe to CLEAR? Do the information on Clear from Michigan State? Um, I probably yeah, I probably have some in my Michigan State email. I'm sure. Okay, well, if not, just go to just when you're done with us today, go to uh, go to the uh, Michigan State website and navigate your way to Clear C L E A R. It's the Center for Language Education and Research, and uh, they do a newsletter. And Walter and I just did a, a little article about how we use can do statements in the classroom here to to, to assess students. Um, that'll okay. give you some ideas about how to phrase can-do statements so you actually do have something communicative with that. So that way, that way you have a way to evaluate your students that shows progress and shows people that you're doing something. And then just move your other kind of learning and testing outside of class. Just, just do it that way. Um, okay. That would be my suggestion to you. And, and, and then spend most of your class time doing the input interaction stuff, if that's possible. Okay. Um, I strongly encourage you all, whoever's at that institution, just think about hybrid instruction and flipped classrooms where you do stuff outside of class too, that will help a lot. Um, believe it or not, students can teach themselves a lot of explicit stuff outside of class you don't need to worry about. Okay. Okay? Um, all right. Um, you ready for your, are you going to take the quiz? Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Great. We're not going to revoke your BA, dun, dun, don't dun. worry, or any degree that you have. <laughs> My master's. Your ma we're not going to re uh, revoke your master's either, so. Okay, so we're going to start with question number one. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, the person most associated with the construct of input processing is A, Stephen Krashen, B, yours truly, Bill Van Patten, C, Meryl Swain, D, Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, man, I would like to say uh, that that's you. B, e. me, yours truly, you're right. <laughs> ding, Yay. ding, 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 Yay. Okay, that was the freshman level question. Now we're going to go off with skip sophomore and go to the junior level question. Okay, here's your, I uh, hope you had a course on linguistics. Maybe you know this anyway without a course on linguistics. Uh, question number two, an open, because, you know, the whole theme today is rules. An open syllable is one that A, begins with a vowel, B, ends in a vowel, C, contains two vowels. D, promotes diversity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, say that one more time. An open syllable is one that A, begins with a vowel, B, 
ends in a vowel, C contains two vowels, D promotes diversity. Begins with a vowel? No, open syllable ends with vowel. When we talk about open and ends closed syllables, we talk about how, how syllables closed. So like ba, B-A, ba, right. that would be an open syllable, but bat, B-A-T, uh, and then bat, that would be a closed yeah. syllable. Okay, yes. okay, so you got okay. one wrong. You still have a chance to win a prize, though. You got to get two out of three to win a prize. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Now that, but this is the senior level one, so <laughs> it's going to get tougher. Okay, so <laughs> theories that follow Chomsky's ideas are collectively known as A, generative theories, B, processing theories, C, cognitive theories, D, garden gnome theories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I love those D answers. Those are just uh, really great. Oh, I got that okay. idea from Rachel Maddow. She does that on her show. Okay, you want me to repeat? <laughs> let me repeat the question for you since we're all laughing. Okay, again, theories that follow Chomsky's ideas are collectively known as A, generative theories, B, processing theories, C, cognitive theories, or D, garden gnome theories. Um, I'm going to go with generative. Ding, 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 ding. You just won yourself a prize, girlfriend. Good for you. Yes, they're called generative Yay. theories. Chomsky originated the idea of genitive grammar back in the uh, 60s. Um, and they've, well, genitive theory was, there was one then, and now there are multiple genitive theories. So good for you. Good for you. You got two out of three. That's pretty good. This is a tough quiz for some if you don't have a background in linguistics. I am proud well, of you. I'm proud I of you, Ariana. I actually do. I actually do. Oh. I actually was there at Michigan State with you. Oh, well, awesome. <laughs> um, this is, I think, I, if, if this is the Ariana, I think think it is then I'm glad that she got two out of three I wouldn't expect it the second one would be hard but if I if I think I do know an Ariana from a few nice. years yes. back Sam, so. Sam would have gotten the second one Sam was the one who loved the phonology stuff and she would have gotten the second one in uh, okay <laughs> well I didn't recognize your voice Ariana on the on the telephone and on radio it's kind of or podcast it's kind of hard to, to always identify people so but now I think I know who you are so yeah Yes. Well, cool. Yes. Um, okay, well, I have a book I'm going to send you um, called Key Terms in Second Language Acquisition, the second edition. I don't know if you have this book or not, um, but it'll keep you abreast of all the latest in, in what's going on in second language. Very easy read. It's written for people with not a lot of background, um, even though you do have some background, but I think you'll find it handy. You can always lend it to a colleague, too, it's, as well, if they have any questions. Um, is that the blue one? No, 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 it's not. The, no, it's green now. Now? It's, oh, a, it's a new edition. It's a second edition. It's got it's updated. It's got theories in it. We didn't have theories before. Yeah, it's really nice. You'll you'll like it. So it's it's different. Okay, cool. Okay, great. So we'll send that off to you. Um, so you stay on the line and talk to Dustin. He'll take down all your information and we'll send that off to you um, in the mail um, later tomorrow or early next week. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to Bloomsbury Press because they actually gave us a few copies of this so that we could give them out on the air. So we want to give nice. a shout out to Bloomsbury um, Publishers in London, bloomsbury.com. Go there. There's all kinds of good books on language acquisition, language teaching you can find there. Okay. Well, thank you, Ariana. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Congratulations on winning something for the quiz. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 I remember her now. I remember Ariana. This is like I was watching American Idol last night, and they go, I remember you from like three years ago. Didn't you try out three years ago? <laughs> I, so. I remember Ariana. She was a student. I remember her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. I like when people win something. Yeah. I always root for people. 
Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we haven't much much people talking about this whole idea of rules. I guess people are afraid. They don't want to ask me about rules. But oh, on okay. Mixler they are. Oh, tell they, us something. Where do they stand on Mixler? Tell us. Long discussions I'm here. dying to hear about this on Mixler. Is there anything you can pull up and say? Well, I mean, it, it's such a detailed um, conversation that's going on there. But Sarah, um, she actually started that whole um, thread here. And um, she says, I understand. Really, I do. And I get what we mean by saying don't focus on rules and by saying drilling rules inhibits communicative development. But she also says that you can't say there are no rules, especially as a linguist, and especially when you follow it up by saying you have to use the word do and you have to say like UT, right? Yeah, but but those aren't rules. Again, what I'm getting at, Sarah, is... Rules in the classic sense and rules you tell people are not the same thing as mental representation. Okay, because why do you have to put a do in an English sentence for a question? It has to do with underlying cue and tense features. Okay, there, I just said something really bizarre and abstract, right? And so to satisfy the tense features of a sentence in English, you have to do certain things, right? Um, Spanish can satisfy it with the main verb. English cannot. So English has to use these helping verbs to do it or, or modals. Um, but you can't talk about that. You can't talk about underlying features to a learner and tell them that's what's going to wind up in their heads and that you have stronger features in Spanish and you have stronger and weaker features in English. You can't do that. Um, so, so yeah, there are rules, but what I'm getting at, there are no rules in the classic sense. There are no rules like rules on a textbook page. And there are no rules that we use when we describe language to students. Those aren't real rules either. Okay? So, so let's be clear about what I mean by rules. I tried to make that clear at the beginning, so... And I think you're actually on the same page. And, and she just yeah. said that it's, you know, it's semantics because um, she calls it rules. You call it mental representation. You yeah. are actually talking about the same thing. But yeah. But 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 the reason is I avoid the word rules is because if you don't, I'll say this to Sarah, anybody else out there. When you talk to colleagues and teachers and students out there, the minute you use rules, they think of one kind of thing. And so I prefer to not talk about rules and say there's no such thing as rules because that way it pulls them away from that idea of what's on page 32 is actually something that's going to wind up in your head. Or what's on page 98 is something that's a real thing that has psychological ability and it doesn't. So that's why I push on that and I say, no, there's no such thing as rules in the classic sense. So, yeah. You can talk about constraints and features. Um, that might be a better way to talk about it, but but not rules in the classic sense. That just throws people off. It's like when you say the word, I don't know, frog. What comes to mind when you say the word frog? Ribbit. A green thing that hops. Yeah, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there might be mental. another kind of frog. Like the, my mom used to call that thing on the lawn that the sprinkle water came out. That was a frog. It was a certain kind of sprinkler called a frog. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. All right. All right. We got a caller, um, Justin. Um, so, uh, is Justin on the air? Right here. Hey, Justin, where are you calling from? From Michigan. What part of Michigan are you calling? We have a lot of Michiganders today. I like yeah, it. We do, yeah. I'm calling, I'm Justin from Ann Arbor. Justin from Ann Arbor. Hey, it's our favorite Justin from Ann Arbor. <laughs> nice that you call in again. You haven't called, we haven't talked to you since, like, the show first started, like, eight, ten, nine weeks ago or something. I know, weird. I've I tried a time or two, but uh, mostly just, mostly had to listen after the fact. When are you going to come and visit us here in East Lansing? Uh, whenever I get the, the personal invitation. Okay, you have one now. Yeah, I no just, kidding. Okay. <laughs> like, you, need a, you need a personal invitation. I just said my New oh. Year's resolution was to meet one new person a week. You better get here next week go. so I can meet, or I'm going to come meet you in Arn Arbor, okay? One of the well, two. Well, uh, I'll give you my address and you can send a car, and uh, we'll do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have my, e- you have my email, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
All right, good. All right, Justin. So, uh, oh, it looks like uh, you, will you tell us why you're calling? I've got a thing on the screen here that's telling me something, but you tell me why. Yeah, well, I'd like to take a crack at the tea flavor. You like to take a crack at the tea flavor. <laughs> yeah. Does he get multiple multiple guesses? No, he only gets one. Oh, man. I feel okay about this because even if it's not currently your favorite tea flavor, it will, it will become your favorite tea flavor after you hear about its existence. Wow. Okay. And, uh, you think so, and, huh? And, and okay. I'm talking about a tea. It's not so much a flavor as a, as a maker. It's called My Diva. <laughs> well played, Justin. Well played. Oh my Diva gosh! M H A I, and then just the word diva, as in uh, as in the self self proclaimed of S L A. Does it have my picture I on the box? Might like, beg your pardon. Does it have my picture on the box? Well, uh, no, but the it, it does specifically say that the the cardboard box has a clean, presentable design, and that uh, that reminded me of you as well. It actually says that on the website when you want to make an order. Uh, as far as the play, the, the flavor itself goes, I was at first thinking Earl Grey because that's kind of royalty, but then you said you don't like flavors, and that's kind of citrusy. So within that, I might recommend to you the Darjeeling Black Tea from My Diva. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Justin. You, you just made my day for a number of reasons. Oh, uh, uh, Angelica just pulled this up on the on the website. Awesome. We're gonna I'm going to check this out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Correct. first of all, yeah. you you become my 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 new favorite caller. Sorry, Emma, because uh, oh. you found a tea with my name on it. And, <laughs> and, and Justin, your your job between now and, and and when we actually finally meet is to write to this company and get my name my, my picture on that box. Right. Um, right. On the package. <laughs> And my other thing is to tell you that always go with your first instinct. <gasps> Earl Grey. Earl Grey is my tea of choice. Huh. Earl Grey. Now I, we I know. know. I know technically. I, t- I know technically now it's you. You would call it flavored, but it's it's kind of really not. It's infused, but it's not really flavored. So, but yeah, okay, I could okay. see. I could see why you would say it's flavored. Did we have someone guess Earl Grey like? Ten years ago, no, uh, they 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 listed like ten teas at once, and Earl Grey was in there. I was not about to give that person any points because they were just <laughs> throwing crap out there. But Justin did it right. He actually huh. tried to call in and zero it in, and so Justin, guess what? Justin. You, you just won a back scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> this is an expandable. Now I know you're from Ann Arbor, but this is an expandable Spartan green back scratcher. It's it's the color of our Spartans and you pull it out. It's it's normally like a little six or eight inches long, but you can pull it out, extend so like a foot and a half. You can go down your back. You can, <laughs> you can reach across the wow. table and, and, and smack your co-hosts oh, my if goodness. they get out of... It's just really, it's a really great little bass. So we're going to get that back scratcher to you. How's That's that? great. I'm sure I'll find something to scratch with it. That's yeah, or great. you can, like I said, you can always hit people. Walter was conducting with it earlier, but that's another story. Well, okay. So stay on the line. Can you make sure, can you make sure that, that each host has, has handled it before you pop it in the mail? Just okay, so you are now... <laughs> you are definitely my most favorite call-in person now. Um, you got some freak going on, Uh-oh. and I love it. Okay, so Angelica's going to touch it now, and she's going yep. to handle, handle it hand it to uh, I'm Dustin scratch who's my going back to real quick here. He's going to be on the line and take your information Justin we'll send that she out to you tomorrow, okay? Sure thing, great. All right, thanks a lot Justin. Thanks for calling in. Bye Justin. My pleasure. Bye right, bye. Okay, here, well we didn't get a lot of talking today about uh, we didn't get a lot of talking about rules today, but hey, that's how the that's how the chicken flies, I tell you. Um, do chickens fly? Yes. Do they really? I've never seen a chicken fly. Me. Yes, but well, not very far. 
Okay, wow, Walter's conducting. conducting. Again. Okay, my gosh. Okay, he, I can tell he's tired. I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna, we're gonna hang up here soon, people, because I gotta put Walter to bed and give him a nap for the afternoon. It's his nap time. <laughs> gotta give him his graham crackers, his graham crackers, his graham, his graham crackers, his graham crackers, his graham crackers, and his cookies, and let him take a little 10 minute nap in my office, and then we'll call it a day. All right, so that concludes another show for us. So, uh, we want to, to remind you to um, please send your colleagues, friends, and students to teawithbpp.com and have them sign up for our weekly newsletter. We're doing strong um, and get people to call in. Um, we like to hear your voices. We want to thank our technical producer, Dan Trago, the, one of the greatest people ever to work with. Our media producer, Luca Giappone, who is not back from Italy. We hate him for being in Italy right now, but we do love him to death. Um, the guy who takes your phone calls, Dustin DeFelice, was standing there next to um, Dan in the other room. Our wonderful assistant production manager, Jeff Maloney, who couldn't be here today, but, but he's here in spirit. Um, the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, a.k.a. CELTA for short, represented by Angelica, Ooh. the lovely and beautiful Angelica. The College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University. And as a reminder, we always tell people that the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And of course, we always thank our listeners and callers um, who are out there in Tea with BBP land. We'll be back next week at 3 o'clock. Join us then at Eastern Time when we will tackle the following question. What is the relationship, if any, between second language research and language teaching? And we'll be exploring the idea that what is the difference between what researchers want to know and what teachers want to know, or maybe what teachers need to know. So we will have a special guest to help us with that topic. Um, she'll be calling in live from, I won't tell you where, but it's on the East Coast. Um, and she'll be on the, uh, manning or personing or womaning phone calls with us. So until then, until next week, we wish you a great weekend. Um, and have happy second language acquisition as Dan tries to find the music and put it on so that I'm not talking into a vacuum here because we have to have our exit music. <laughs> and Walter's and ready Walter's to got the back scratcher ready to reach through the glass and 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 um, let Dan have it. So here we are, everybody. Thank you very much. See you next week. Be good. Be safe. Drive safe. Bye bye.